Welcome to the Endurance Evolution Podcast, episode number six. Uh, Endurance Evolution, as you may know by now, is an endurance lifestyle company. We promote all things endurance, whether it's running races or staying fit or uh, anything related to uh, endurance athletics. We host a handful of races in the northwestern lower Michigan area. Next up on our schedule is the Traverse City Trail Running Festival happening on April 11th and 12th out at Timber Ridge. We've got a 2x5K relay, an 11K, and 26K, and 50K individual trail runs. Uh, you can check that out at EnduranceEvolution.com on our website. After that, we've got the Glen Iris Solstice Half Marathon and 5K on June 21st, the Traverse City Triathlon on August 17th, and then we'll cap off our events for the year on October 5th with the Sleeping Bear Marathon and Half Marathon out in beautiful Empire through the Sleeping Bear Dunes National Lake Shore. You can check out all that stuff at our website, EnduranceEvolution.com. Uh, we've also uh, had a blog running for about a, oh, a couple of weeks now on our website with some great tips and tricks and uh, other articles on that. Uh, episode number six for the podcast here, as we just mentioned. Um, today's guest is, uh, well, before we get to the, the guest, I'll... Uh, uh, yeah, well, let's get to the guest. What the heck? We'll move right on into the episode today. Our guest today is Norm Plumstead, who is a, a local guy here, lives out in Empire, an endurance runner, uh, an ultra runner himself. Uh, it's a guy who kind of got a, a regular start as a runner, got inspired and went out and ran a marathon, although not everybody goes out and runs a marathon to start things, but uh, that's how he got started. And uh, then has gone off to complete some bigger and, and more awesome events way longer than a marathon um so we'll hear about that here in a, in a few minutes also he is the president of the on the ground um nonprofit group uh, out of traverse city michigan here that uh, organized the run across palestine run across ethiopia the chiapas water project um, we worked with on the ground last year to um, host the solstice run from Northport to Traverse City overnight, a 40-mile uh, midnight run, um, which we raised, uh, I think, about $20,000 or so to help finish a library um, being built in a, in a village over in Ethiopia. So um, Norm does a lot of stuff. He, uh, he's a runner, father, businessman, nonprofit president, and uh, all-around good guy. So we had a great talk with Norm. We had a chance... Um, Last year, Eric and I did to uh, run a race with Norm, the Ice Age Trail 50-miler, and uh, we get to talk about that a little bit in there too, but um, let's get right along with the show today. So uh, we talked for about an hour or so today, so get your run in, enjoy the show. If you've got any episode or any guests you'd like to hear us have on future episodes, drop us a line, let us know, and uh, we'll see if we can't get those folks in here and get them on the show for you, so... Uh, without further ado, let's talk with Norm Plumstead. Here we are, episode number six of the Endurance Evolution Podcast. As you just heard me say in the little intro, we've got with us today Norm Plumstead, endurance runner, ultra runner, uh, father, husband, banker, president? Not banking, but no. uh, but uh, on the ground. Oh, on the ground. On the yep. president and vice president of banking, right? Correct, right. So right. this guy holds a lot of titles. 
and uh, we're going to hear a little bit about Norm's story today. So very uh, excited to have Norm here. Thanks for coming yeah, in this morning. Thanks Norm. for uh, thanks for. And having I'm excited me. to have Eric back as my co-host today. You couldn't make it for the last episode when we talked about fat bikes last week, but um, Eric, welcome back. Good to have you back on the show too. Oh, we're excited. Yeah, ready to roll. So Norm, um, give us a quick, uh, well, quick as you want. We've got all the time we need. Tell us about yourself. What's your background? Where you come from? Who are you? Well, hey, before we get started, I just wanted to say uh, I am really impressed with your guys' podcast. And I remember a few months back, many months back, you were talking about it as an idea. Um, and so many times talk is cheap and it doesn't actually translate into the real deal. So I was really excited when... I heard that it was going to become real, and I think it takes real balls to actually do it, you know, and put yourself out there. So, um, thanks, man. Kudos to you guys. Yeah, it's, it's much easier than video because they don't have to see me, so I'm more apt to do it. Seriously, if they could uh, see us now, ooh. That's right. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, that was back on the the Ice Age Trail. I think the Ice Age Trail half marathon trip when we were all packed in Robbie Suru talking about podcasts. Yeah, right. Podcast. Yeah. yeah. Podcasts are great. Yeah. They, uh, I listen to a ton of them, uh, you know, everything from running to, uh, you know, business science, you name it. And yeah, they keep me company on my, on my long runs and commutes. And yeah, I think they're terrific. It's a great forum. Yeah. It's, no, and you've got sure. a little bit of a commute coming into work every day. Yeah, right. So, I either drive, well, I come from Empire and either come into Traverse City and I also split time in, in Beulah. So, uh, yeah, one way or the other, I'm driving. Yeah. yeah. So, Norm, you're a runner. You're an ultra runner. Yeah. And uh, how, how did it get started? Well, um, you know, it's funny. I was listening to the uh, podcast he did with uh, Mark Shalette, and uh, his background is really similar to mine. So I was living in Chicago in, uh, you know, the mid-90s, and uh, I had picked up some bad habits from college, and uh, one of them was smoking, believe it or not. No kidding. Yeah. Wow. Never knew. Yeah. Uh, You probably wouldn't have guessed, but, you know, so so I I was trying to kick the habit, right? And I tried, 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 tried. And finally, I thought, well, damn it, this time I'm really going to do it. And I tried to find something to replace that habit. Mm-hmm. And so I thought I'd get into running. And um, uh, my buddy that I was living with at the time, um, I don't know how it ever came to us, but we said, you know what, we're going to run the Chicago Marathon next year. <laughs> so it went from, you know, very little running uh, because I didn't run in, in high school other than what I was made to run. Uh, and God knows I didn't run in college. Um, but then we just, uh, we bet one another and, uh, we, you know, made a big bet and whoever, uh, couldn't finish it had to pay the other one. And, and that was it. So we, we trained for it. And I think it was the, I think 95, uh, we ran the Chicago marathon and that was it. And then I, that just kind of, I was bit by the bug yeah. almost instantly. Was so, that a good experience or was that, did you, was it one of those crawl to the finish? Oh my God, what did I do kind of marathons? Uh, no, it was mostly like pretty positive. Um, I do remember getting to about the 20, 22 mile point. Um, and my buddy was like, oh man, I, I gotta walk. I gotta, I gotta walk this one in. And I was afraid that if I started walking, yeah. uh, I just, that's all I would just like Game stop. Over. So I was like, I'm just going <laughs> to plow on and, and get it done. 
And uh, so, yeah, I finished it. It wasn't anything spectacular. I, we got passed by a couple of people dressed uh, as M&Ms. Nice. So <laughs> it, was, it was the opposite of yeah. spectacular. But uh, So did your, did, your, did your roommate finish as well? Yeah, yeah, he finished. Oh, and, good. Yeah, and he's good. run a couple more times as well. Oh, great. Yeah. Yep. That's cool. <laughs> when was Mark's, when did Mark run the marathon first? Do you remember what Slightly it was? Slightly later than that. I feel yeah. like it was more like 98, 99. We'll have to listen back and so. find that out. But that's. Well, that's very unique that mm-hmm. that Northern Michigan has this draw from all these other places right. in the Midwest and Chicago. Mm-hmm. There it is. And it's Where a it great first marathon to run, too. That's a lot of people have said, I've never run it. It was my first as well. Was it? Wow. Yeah, I ran it in 01. That was my first. And uh-huh. Yeah, great experience. I yeah, mean, Chicago's a, a cool town. Mm-hmm. So that, and that helps. So, so where'd you go from there? You finished in uh, in Chicago and then you... Did you say, oh, man, I'm signing up for another marathon? Or was it, how would you feel like after that? What was your... Yeah, I think, well, it's hard to say. I do remember uh, having, I could only walk down steps backwards. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I do remember that. <clears throat> it's so uh, funny because after a marathon, it's hard to go down the stairs. Yeah, right. It's not, it's, you can go upstairs all day long. But. <laughs> but I think pretty quickly thereafter, uh, I said, you know, I, I want to better my time. And that's, I think, what happens to so many people. And... Um, so, yeah, I don't remember when I signed up, but, but I, for the next one, but um, I did, uh, I guess, a series of Chicago marathons. And so I do about one uh, marathon a year. Um, and then I, I uh, slowly set my sights on Boston, right? That's like a yeah. pretty natural thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so then I started training uh, to qualify for Boston. And I think in uh, two. In 99 or 2000, uh, I ran the Madison Marathon and barely squeaked under the line uh, to qualify. And in fact, um, uh, the time was 310. That was the qualifying Mm -hmm. standard. And I crossed the line in 310.10. And I thought when I crossed, um, I was like, so close you know (laughs) i thought you had to be under Mm -hmm. 310 but they give you an entire 59 cents so really it's like Ah, 310 59 59 59. yeah right right um but when i crossed um i just put forth you know probably the best effort i had put forth sure but i was like oh man so close (laughs) and it was only a couple days later than when i went online and found out hey wait a minute i did qualify i'm in so yeah and back then it wasn't i don't want to say nearly as hard but like the last couple of years of the last year with all the you know the stuff going on at boston it's so hard to get in now right and you know back that was like what 99 2000 you said something like that yeah so it was 2001 when i ran it for boston uh, for boston yeah and yeah, at that time, if you qualified, you were in. You're in. There wasn't yeah. a yeah. waiting list. Or, mm-hmm. or, yeah. So, so how many people ran Boston that year? Do you remember the number of people? No, no. I don't. Okay. No. I'm trying to think back to Chicago, I think there were there were about twenty nine thousand the year I ran in one, and now I think it's closer to forty thousand. Yeah, it's just a ridiculous year. number of people. Yeah. Yeah. Boston right. seemed a lot smaller by comparison, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, Chicago is like the mega marathon. It takes you half an hour just to get to the chip mat at the start right, of the race or right, something like that. Right, that one. And um, and I think New York's pretty similar too. Fairly large mm-hmm. in, that, in that sense. Watch out, Empire. That's going to be the Sleeping Bear Marathon in a handful of years. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hope not. Yeah, I don't know if we'll quite get there. 
I don't think we don't. Well, we won't go there. People, <laughs> you know, in lawns hanging out, you know, before the race, you know. Right. Citizens of Empire will love us. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that'd be great. Yeah. <laughs> the more support, the better. <laughs> so, uh, so you finished Boston only a couple of years later, five, six, seven years later after your first marathon. Mm-hmm. What can we ask? What your time was in uh, in Boston? Um, I think it was. Uh, Three and change, yeah. So three fifteen ish, you know, something like that. Did you go out and run it for a time, or were you there to kind of just enjoy the experience? Yeah, I was just there to yeah. to enjoy it. That's what so many awesome. people that I talk to do. For they qualify, one. and the hard thing is getting to Boston. You right. run your your awesome time to get there, and then when you get to Boston, it's just kind of oh, I'm here to enjoy myself, mm-hmm. right? Be a part of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was an awesome experience. It's it's for me, it was everything that I had built it up to be. Mm-hmm. Um, they bus you out to the starting village and, uh, for, uh, uh, a, um, very modest runner like myself, you know, it was like, wow, I'm, <laughs> I feel like some kind of elite runner, you know, you're <laughs> yeah, not, yeah. I mean, you're not really, but it just feels like it felt like it at the time. So it felt really special. And then the entire course of course is packed and you run through Wellesley and that's, mm-hmm crazy and so it was great great experience have you run it again since then no Mm-mm. any aspirations to run it again mm, maybe yeah you know maybe on like a, um a milestone birthday sure yeah. maybe when i'm 50 or something yeah. like cool that. it's hard once you've had a great experience sometimes too to be like do i dare try and replicate it because it was so great and i want to keep doing it again right or do i just i take that memory and it's right. gonna be mine forever and, and don't yeah. tarnish it right mm-hmm. right yeah, milestone birthday is a good idea, though. Then there's a lot of great it. races out there to to choose from. So sure, that would be the other hard thing is you know I'd love to do the New York Marathon yeah. as marathons go. Yeah. So I'd probably do that one before I did Boston again. So you've done Chicago a number of times. You've done Boston. What other marathons have you done? Uh, Bay Shore, um, Detroit. I think that's it. Yeah. So about a dozen altogether. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. That's just a marathon, though. We, just, <laughs> <laughs> we're here to really talk we, about. Which leads us into one of our next questions. Uh, you've gone beyond the marathon distance then a handful of times. I know that's kind of how... I'm trying to think how we have first met. I think I first met you through your wife, Seal. When we were planning the Sleeping Bear Marathon yeah, two right. or three years ago. But then we got into this whole runner's circle, and we ended up realizing we were connected on different levels and right. started running together. So you've done a few ultra marathons as well. Is that uh, Yeah, right, right. So we were living, uh, we moved from Grand uh, Chicago to Grand Rapids. And, um, you know, I, I was kind of reading about ultra marathoning, and it sounded really intriguing, and, man, I want to try this. <laughs> And, uh, it kind of on the heels of that, uh, 2000, kind of a 2001, 2002, I felt like I was in pretty good shape. I, I actually, I'd run the Charlevoix marathon and set a PR. So I was like, all right, I'm, I'm ready to take it up to the next level. Yeah. And, uh, so I set my sights on the North country trail run. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and so that's what I did. The problem though, is that I drastically underestimated the amount of training volume that I would need Uh and just thought my baseline fitness (laughs) (laughs) could carry me through. Right. And why I was sorely mistaken. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Right. Um, 
So yeah, that first fifty mile. So that was a fifty miler on the North Country Trail. Yeah, like oh two oh three. Like yeah, was that long was ago? Prob- yeah, it was probably oh, wow. 02, 03. Wow. Um, now was that when it was on the Big M? When it was the two loop course, or was this when it was the out and back? This was the two. The first year I did it was the out and back. Okay. Yep. Um, yep. Yeah, and so it was probably 2003, 2004. I might have been down there that year on the, the out and back because it was one of oh, the really? last years they did the out and back. Mm-hmm. And my, it was one of my friend's first marathons. And so yep. I ran a bunch of miles on that trail with uh-huh. him that day. Yeah, that was Robert did the... Uh, Hadman. Yeah, so that was a, that's a great trail. Yeah. I mean, not necessarily something you're going to set a PR on, but a really nice trail to yeah, go it's run on. It's a beautiful on. trail. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So you underestimated your training, though, or you, you, how should I say this, you, you didn't train enough. I didn't, yeah, for <laughs> sure, no, for sure. <laughs> and, uh, Tell us how that unfolded. Was it, uh, was it an energy thing where your legs just turning into lead? What yeah, happened? my quads just were, were gone by, yeah. I don't know at what mile they were gone, but they were gone pretty early. I, you know, you, you don't know how to pace yourself. You don't necessarily know what to eat. You, know, you don't need to eat a lot when you run a marathon, but that that equation totally changes with a with a fifty mile. Yeah, and uh, all I can really remember from it was coming <laughs> through the last um, like aid station, and it was just. Uh, a dude sitting on a chair, basically. Yeah. <laughs> Which so many of them are on these Waiting. ultra runs. It's just... and, and maybe there was some water. Right. And I don't know, it's four or five miles from the finish. <laughs> and he asked me how I was doing. And I'm pretty sure I, I was like whimpering, you know, <laughs> like trying to fight back tears. Yes. <laughs> yes. And, and uh, yeah, I, I staggered to the finish line. <laughs> it was, and at the time I was at that point, I said, there's no way, no way I'm doing another one of these, uh, mm-hmm. again, like yeah, I've crossed that one off. Uh-huh. I'm good. Um, but a couple weeks later, famous last yeah. word. <laughs> a couple weeks later, that's how long it took you to sign up for another one. Two weeks. Yeah. yeah <laughs> just, just to wrap my head around, yeah, uh, yeah. wanting to go back and, and do another <laughs> How long yeah. did that 50 miler put you out? How many hours uh, were out on the trail? I don't know. I don't remember. It you, was, try to, you try to repress that memory of where yeah, I, the last five miles. I only keep track of my mind can only hold so many. Uh, That's good. Um, so Amen. many. Uh, That's, that is good. Yeah. Performances. So <laughs> when they're particularly bad, I just let those go. That's good. <laughs> I wish That's I good. could do that. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's, that's good of you. <laughs> So then what was your next one? Did you go someplace else or did you stay local or? No, I did. Uh, I did that uh, North Country um, three years in a row. Oh, okay. So that fi- the 53 yeah, miles right. in a row. Yeah. Right. Yep. So, uh, and then, so the last one, it may, it probably wasn't 53 years in a row, but um, the last time I did that 50 miler was 2009. So I guess I threw in some marathons kind mm-hmm. of uh, in between there. And, uh, uh, the third time that I ran it, um, uh, I, I had a great race. It was awesome. Um, that time I do remember. <laughs> <laughs> you saw that same guy at the last aid station and you winked to gave him a thumbs up and right. you clicked your heels and off you went. Yeah. Right. Right. Uh, so I finished really strong. Uh, it was a great race. It was just one of those races where like everything came together yeah. beautifully. I've kind of figured out my nutrition for the race. 
um, was passing people at the end, nice. you know, held off someone who was coming to catch me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had a, a fantastic race. Um, and, uh, and then, so then at that point I said, well, maybe I can step it up to the hundred mile distance. <laughs> um, so then that was kind of the next progression from there. And how did that progress? Where did you go for your first hundred? Um, where was that? That was, uh, the Kettle Moraine. Oh, yes. Over there in Wisconsin. Yeah. Yeah. So pretty much the same course that they do the, um, the ice, ice, ice age, age trail. 50, on. Yeah. So it's, it's exactly the nice same. Nice and easy. Nice. <laughs> no a, hills, a, nothing. Just yeah, flat. Trail. Right. That's a tough trail. We're exaggerating yeah, wow. people. Yes. <laughs> so what year was that that you did that? Uh, 2010, 2010. And you recovered by 2011? No. 100 <laughs> miles. Yeah. What was the recovery like for that compared to a 50 mile? Is it, wor- is, it, is it twice as bad? Is it, or at some point, is there sort of like this, well, it was just bad, you know? <laughs> yeah, I think um, what, it, what takes the most out of your, uh, just the overall fatigue, right? So yeah. maybe your muscles are feeling back to normal, relatively speaking, mm-hmm. in a couple of weeks, and you can go out and run. But then you go out and run, and your heart rate shoots up yeah. just because you're just not fully recovered. So I'm sure I took a good hard month off uh, before doing anything again. And But for me, it's not... S- it's not as much the um, physical fatigue as the mental fatigue. Sure. Mm. Because the training volume leading up to it and then the, just the energy. It's, um, and then for me, if I'm not really motivated to do a race and motivated to train, I, I don't go out and train. Yeah. So I really have to have that motivation. And so that, I think, almost, for me, takes more uh, out of me than anything else. It's so true after a long event, whether it's whatever kind of event it is, if it's your first 5k and you've been training focus with a focused training schedule for it after, after your event, it's, it is a mental, you're mentally fatigued Mm -hmm. as as well as physically. And you need that time for your mind to just kind of relax and not have a training schedule, not have to worry about getting your miles in or whatever and, and just recover mentally too. Right. So you guys, yeah, you guys find that too. Absolutely. After a big season. Yeah. 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 You, you pick a race and there might be a couple little intermediate races building up to it and those are easy to get by. Right. You know, but it, the big one at the end, whatever that is, whatever that ultimate race is, then yeah, afterwards it's like, okay, if you haven't planned what the next big one's going to be, those, those next couple of weeks can be tough. I'm interested kind of going back to the training aspects of it. I, I, I could talk training with people all day, but We've all done marathons, and you kind of know a lot of people will tell you how long their longest run is for a marathon and how many, you know, I have to do 320s or no, my long run's 22. So when you trained for a 50, what was your long run and how many long runs did you do? And then how does that compare to a 100-miler? And what what's the difference in that training? If well, I think the the biggest thing uh, between when you step up to the ultra distance is, um, just having as big a base under you as possible. Um, you know, after you've run, uh, a couple of marathons, you can go from, I think 
not really being in a training uh, program to ramping it up and faking it through a marathon yeah. in many cases. <laughs> yeah. um, a lot of people are going to hear that and say, what? <laughs> but it's true. Uh, but you, there's just no faking it through a 50 mile or a hundred miler. And so those are the mistakes when I've uh, made mistakes in, in running ultras before that has been probably the biggest mistake is not have a really long lead up to it mm-hmm. so in terms would, of weeks in terms of weeks right, yeah, just okay. consistent mm-hmm. week after week um so i'd say that's the first thing and then the second dif- uh, difference is just extending that long run uh but there is for sure a point of diminishing returns yeah. so maybe the the longest run uh that i would do leading up to a 50 mile or might be a a 30 mile training run yeah. Um, and maybe 33 to 35 for a, for a hundred miler. Hmm. So not much um, more, not much more, but it's then the, the weekly volume that needs to go up. And then the key, I think the, the key key workout is the back to back long run. Yeah. So if you can do a 20 miler on Saturday and a 25 miler on Sunday or back to back 20 milers where the Sunday one is maybe kind of a progression run, uh, where the last 10 to 15% you're running, you know, at, at a at marathon or above pace. So a little bit faster than you would for your, um, 50 mile pace. Right. Um, and then, so that is, you know, it's that the second day, then you're, you're training your legs and your head to run tired. Exactly. Um, yeah. and I think that's, for me, that's the key anyway. So if you did, um, then the timing of that. So if you did a long run of 33, 34 miles, how close to the 100 miler was that? Is that two weeks out, four weeks out, six weeks out? I mean, or is it getting closer to the event that you would do that? And then when would you do a double? And mm-hmm. was there a week in between where you just did an easy an easy 20? <laughs> like, <laughs> how does that kind of play out I, for yeah, you I would, at least? Yeah, I, w- I would work backward from the event and, and set my, my biggest weekend three to four weeks out. Um, I think I've um, tapered a little too long in the past. I think four weeks is too much for me. Mm-hmm. So this year I'm just going to experiment, experiment with a three-week taper. So three weeks out, maybe try to have a, you know, a, 10 miler Friday, a 20 miler Saturday and a 30 miler Sunday, something like that. So I can string three days together. So I'm totally whipped, you know, and then, and then taper from there. And then I think leading up to that kind of big weekend, I would start doing, um, uh, back to back, back to back long runs. And for me, it's also a function of time. Um, because my time to train during the week is first thing in the morning and there's just a limit to how early I can wake up and Mm -hmm. then do all my stuff that I need to in the morning and get to work on time. Um, you know, sometimes I can, uh, fudge it a little bit and maybe going a little bit late, but, Uh but that's the, the exception. Um, so, so that means that I do need to, to start logging longer miles, uh, on the weekends, which, probably isn't optimal if you read a lot of training plans, but you know, you just work it around your life. Right. And you got to take that into consideration. Like you just said, you got, you got other things to take care of. You're, I mean, you're not an elite. Unfortunately, none of us in this room are elite runners. We don't have the, wouldn't that be great? It would be awesome, man. (laughs) No (laughs) work to have the luxury of just getting up and doing your first run of the day and then coming back and kicking back and eating and recovering and then going out for another run. 
you got work, you got family, you got a job. And so, and I think that's important for our listeners to know that, I mean, not to put you down, but you're just a normal guy. I oh, mean, for sure. you know, we all are here. We're, we're not superstars and we all have jobs and everything that we have to take care of. So to hear that, that's, that's good to hear that, you know, you do have to fudge things sometimes and it might not be the most optimal decision, but again, you know, you do what you can do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So with your schedule, did you typically, would you say you ran three days during the week and then both days on the weekend, like five days a week? Is that pretty standard for you or, or were you running seven days a week? Uh, six days a week. Six. Okay. Yeah. So I'll, okay. I'll take like, um, take Monday off mm-hmm. and then, uh-huh. so I can, sque- I can fit in morning runs. Mm-hmm. They just don't tend to be, they're not long. You know, I can't get in like right. a 10 mile or in the morning sure. typically. So. so would you, you then obviously like to do it in the morning, you get it done with, um, you're typically looking at a fall ultra. Now we did an ultra together in mm-hmm. May. How did that play out? Because, you know, you're training then during the winter for, and in this case, this winter has been brutal. Um, right. So the difference in training, obviously, I think it's easier to get up at 530 or 6, you know, in June and go for a training run than it is in January. So how does that play into your thinking too? Yeah, in, I have no idea how you up. do like a, like your A race <laughs> in May or June. Um, that's the challenge I think with the Bay shore, right? Yeah. Is, uh, it's the, the good and the bad. It forces you to get out and train yep. when you don't necessarily want to, but at the same time it's, you know, you're not doing, you're not going to the track and doing speed work in February. Um, so what was your question? <laughs> I don't know. Norm. I think I was just rambling and, and remembering training days. So oh, how to, how to do it in the wintertime. Yeah, yeah. Or how to do it in the wintertime. Or do you, or I think maybe you answered it. You, you kind of said it's hard to have an A race in the, in the spring in May or June. And really that if you want to set yourself a goal for a, a big race, it's typically going to be in the fall. If you're talking about a hundred miler, maybe. Yeah, for me, for sure. Yeah. I mean, last winter wasn't as bad to train. No, no. Uh, you could get out and and comfortably do long runs. Yeah. but this winter's been a to- totally different animal. It's been brutal. <laughs> it's tough. Do you have? Uh, did I hear you kind of allude to? You're saying for this year's race, do yeah. you have a race lined up for this year for the season. Yeah, I am signed up for three races. Dang. So, well, what are these races? Yeah. Are they which 5Ks is, which is or not, 10Ks? Which is or not, these are not typical five for me. Usually, usually I just like kind of figure it out as I go. But yeah. um, my wife, Seal, is like, you should really, she knows me by now. She knows me to know, to force me to sign up for uh-huh. a race <laughs> I think I saw, in I order think I, to, to yeah. get me out. I think training. I saw something on Facebook uh, that she posted and kind of prodded you towards signing up for something. Yeah, right. Yeah. She's not above uh, like public peer pressure. <laughs> <That is good. laughs> We've talked Which about that good. before and that is not necessarily a bad thing. Uh, so yeah, I'm doing the, uh, the Traverse city trail festival, uh, run, Excellent. which is like nine or 10 weeks away. Yeah. I was looking at the training long <laughs> <laughs> the past weekend you signed up and for I was 50K like, Holy for that, right? shit, I got to get on <laughs> yeah. this now. Like, training is, uh, just got, um, uh, a lot more intense this week. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I'm signed up for the 50 K and then, uh, we're going to do the, uh, on the ground, we do an overnight, which you guys did last yep. year, uh, solstice run. And maybe we can talk about that later. So yeah. that's not really a race. Um, uh, as what? much it as it is no. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> for everyone, except for Eric. Um, 
so yeah, I'll be doing that, and I just want to be able to run that comfortably and, and have a good time, and that'll be a good, uh, I think, training run. And uh, I'm going to go back to uh, run Woodstock in September and do the 100-miler there. So that's like September 9th, 10th, 11th-ish, And that's, like that's that. down in Pinckney. Right. right. And, yeah. and you've had an experience there before, correct? Yeah, I yeah. attempted that two years ago and DNF'd at the 40-some-mile mark. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I need to go back and have redemption. Mm-hmm. That, I mean, I did the marathon on that course, and that was my slowest marathon I've ever run. You guys I mean, should totally come and do that. You, they have a they have a fifty miler. They have a marathon. Totally, have a hun- yeah, I'm busy that weekend. I don't remember <laughs> what weekend was that again. Good time. That might fit into my schedule here. I'm doing yeah. Ironman in an Ironman in, in August, in June. June. Yeah, so so I got all summer off, man. It's perfect. Yeah. We can yeah. run the hundred together. We'll see. I'll meet you guys <laughs> every time you come through on the loop. I'll be there with little, you know, little jugs of hammered for you, and I'll hand them to you. And you guys, I'll cheer you. On. How many? What's that course like? Is it a? Is it a one loop, two loop, big loop, little loop, big? How does? It, what's the course uh, just like? Just twenty mile loop. Just a twenty mile loop. Five times. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. So I say wow, but we also made our our fifty k people last year at the trail running festival do ten five k loops. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was not our decision. That was Mother Nature's uh, decision. Yeah. But yeah, five twenty milers. That's like uh I mean, you think about it, like you said, a twenty mile run is an easy run in training for an ultra. But let's go out and do five of them today. Yeah, Mind I think that's blown. mentally hard because you come back through the start finish, so mm-hmm. you have Chances that many bail. opportunities just to get in the car and. Go yeah. home. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. We're uh, just to give you a heads up. We're giving you that. We're going to be testing you. We're going to test that uh, that mental toughness at the trail running festival because we're going to have a multiple loop course with about three or four chances that we're, you'll come through the start finish. So oh, okay. every time you come through, I'm going to ask you. You ready to quit? <laughs> <laughs> so it'll be a mini a mini test for that, that right, Woodstock. Right, right. Thanks. Yeah. So yeah, you you talked about uh, on the ground and the overnight solstice run and. Um, kind of a cool event that awesome has event. has sort of evolved over the past few years. Um, I think it, I don't even know who started the event three or four years ago and did it the very first time. Does anybody even know? Is there a record? This dude yeah. word, or right yeah. here knows the whole story behind it, I think. Yeah, yeah so Hans Voss, uh, it was his brainchild. Hans Voss, Hans always Michigan has. Michigan Land Youth Institute uh, <laughs> Commander-in-Chief. Yeah, yeah. And uh, all around great guy, yeah. super enthusiastic. You hear that, um, Hans? We love you. <laughs> uh, organizer of crazy events. In fact, he just uh, organized uh, an event where we jumped in the lake. <laughs> I saw uh, the photos on, from that on yeah. Friday to raise some money. So. Really, you jumped in the river? Yeah, it was more like the river <laughs> <laughs> because uh, the the bay is frozen out to Power Island right now, about six miles out. So that was the only place you guys could jump in. I think was right. at the mouth of the boardroom. Right, There's a little right. bit of a current. It's a little bit of waiting and yeah. then jumping and. Yeah. Then, Hopping and flopping. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, so, yeah, any uh, four-ish years ago, yeah. uh, he and, uh, gosh, it was probably Chris Treeter, Chris Gerbach, uh, Matt Desmond. I think those were the four guys. Mm-hmm. And did Jeff Gaft join you that first year? That was the second year. That was the second or third year? Third second, year. second year, I think, because the third year was the year I did it. Okay. And last year was the fourth, I think, and this is five. No, he did it. I think he did the third year. Did he? Okay. In any case, so so they just on the solstice. um, (laughs) The summer solstice. Summer solstice uh, ran from sundown to sunup. So I think they went like from Empire up north uh, Mm -hmm. into Leelanau Peninsula. 
just for the hell of it. You right. know, just manufactured fun. Right. Right. Why and, not? Uh, what people do in northern Michigan for fun to continue that, that <laughs> right. discussion right. of things that we should or shouldn't do, <laughs> but we do. Um, and then the second year, um, I got involved in it, and we went from, uh, where did we go from? We went from Glen Arbor to Northport, um, and it poured all I was night say, long. Wasn't that the year it rained like crazy? Yeah. Yeah, but that was, it was awesome. It was epic. And, uh, and then, um, and uh, I forget the, the, the it, it's changed every year. Um, but essentially it's from sundown to sun up and you try to get to the somewhere. bay yeah. uh, or whatever body of water you're, you're running to so that you can jump in the lake before the sun comes up. And it's just, um, up until last year, it's just been, for the fun of it. Yeah. And there's um, only about four or five guys or six guys the first three right, or four years. Right. Yeah, that's right. You did it the, the third year. Yeah. And then, so last summer, um, we turned it into more of an organized event with your guys' help um, uh, to raise money for on the ground. And in that case, we went from Northport or the, the park up there um, down to, to Traverse City. And, uh, 40 and miles was, through the night. Yeah. It was an awesome event. I think it was people unbelievable. really... People really loved it. It's totally different from what yeah. you uh, typically do, and it's not uh, it's not a race, um, despite what what <laughs> Eric says. It's just to to do it, and we turned it into a fundraiser last year because we uh, were raising money to complete a a library in Ethiopia, which is um, one of the places where On the Ground does work. And so we raised, um, through the Solstice Run, uh, about $20,000, and that put us over the top so that we could uh, complete the funding for for that library project. Yeah, I was blown away that we were able to do that. $20,000 we raised for that. Mm -hmm. And we only... We only had, what was it, maybe 25, 35, 40 people if, run? Yeah, right. I mean, right. it wasn't a huge event, but yeah. everybody you know, got on board and went online mm-hmm. and solicited donations. Um, some people threw in 50 bucks. Some people brought in, I don't know, two, three, four thousand dollars $4,000. So. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was amazing. Yeah. Amazing mm-hmm. group effort, really, for a great cause. So. Yeah. yeah. And it still kept that, that kind of just for the fun of it, uh, you know, feeling it wasn't a right. race. Oh yeah. You know? No, it was definitely, we all started up in Northport. We left at sunset and just take off and we're going to go well, run and, through the right. night. And yeah. our, our aid station drop bags were like garbage bags with, you know, glow sticks on the side of the road. And let's hope you find it. it was yeah. Right. But it was beautiful. I mean, it was a night where we were running stretches in Leelanau County without, without headlamps. It was yeah. awesome. Yeah, yeah, that's so right. moonlit and beautiful. And I, I just, that was an amazing right. experience. So. I remember the stretch when you and I know I ran together and uh, we were on some dirt road, maybe about 20, no, 10 miles in or something. It was this dirt road and it would like the moon was shining and we were just cranking out the miles. Like we were probably going more faster than we should have. But I remember just getting that high, just feeling like, wow, this is awesome. Mm-hmm. Completely dark out other than the moon running down this dirt road. Yeah. I mean, I couldn't have asked to been in a better place at that time. Turned our headlights off. Yeah. 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 And we ended up running, was it 39, 40 miles? It was 40 miles. I know like, that my, my GPS cashed out yeah. somewhere along the line. Mm-hmm. So it was like, didn't matter anymore. It was like, just get home, just get back to Traverse City. Yeah. Right. But that was, uh, it was interesting too, just the elevation changes in the county and then going through um, the swampy area on the on the trail, on the Leelanau Trail. And I felt like the, you know, the, the temperature fluctuated a yeah. little bit in some of those areas, you know. But it was just, yeah, what a remarkable mm-hmm. experience. A lot of fun. A lot of fun. So. 
Yeah, we're going to be doing it again this year. Yep. And it, it works out well because the solstice falls on the weekend. Mm-hmm. So I think it'll be June the 21st. Yep. And uh, we're hoping to, to make it even bigger and better this year. We'll probably cap it at 100 runners. And uh, our goal this year is to raise $50,000. That's awesome. And is there a cause picked out this year, or is that still sort of to be determined? By yeah, we're st- well, we're still working mm-hmm. it out. We uh, are tentatively, um, uh, w- well, we're working on the next project for On the Ground. Sure. So we do work... Um, in uh, education, health, and in, in, in women's empowerment, uh, and water um, in Chiapas, Mexico. So we have water projects uh, in Chiapas, Mexico. Um, we've uh, built some schools and a library in Ethiopia. Um, we also um, funded some women's empowerment and scholarship programs uh, when we did a, a run across Palestine. And so for this time next year, uh, we're thinking about, uh, a potential project in, uh, the democratic Republic of Congo. Um, Excellent. and so that would be to, to fund women's empowerment programs there. And so, uh, Chris Treeter, the founder of on the ground and, and also higher grounds, um, he's going to be going there with Timothy Young, uh, food for thought, uh, actually here in a couple of weeks, just to scout it out and see if it is feasible sure sure yeah yeah that's definitely an area that could use some assistance at this time so yes yeah yeah they're just coming off uh uh the you know the the a huge civil war there um and so yeah and your role with on the ground you're uh you're on the board of directors aren't you Right. You're mm-hmm. the president, am I correct yep, yep, in the, that? Yep, current president. So uh, how long have you been uh, in that position with On the Ground? Well, I got involved, I guess, after the run across Ethiopia. So we came back from Ethiopia, and um, a couple of months later, um, you know, they, they asked if I would join the board, and, and I enthusiastically said, yeah. It was a, a life-changing experience yeah. uh, in Ethiopia, so... Yeah, so I've been on the board, I suppose, since, uh, um, well, for a while now. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Yeah, it's a mm-hmm. group that's doing a lot of great things. So it was kind of fun for us to tag along and, and help out last year. So mm-hmm. tell Very us, cool. tell us about the the run across Ethiopia, which the way I see that was one that was was that the first or one of the first big running events that on the ground did. Mm-hmm. Yep. That, yeah. That was, that was the first big event. Yeah. Um, so that would have been 2011 okay. um, that we did that. And um, yeah, through, uh, well, through Timothy Young, we both live in the same vicinity. And uh, he uh, had been a part of and still is on the ground. And so they were coming up with this idea to do this uh, run across Ethiopia. Um, and uh uh, and asked if I wanted to, to be a part of it. And, um, so after I kind of wrapped my head around what that would be and, uh, and, and kind of the fundraising component, um, and I drug my heels for a while and <laughs> I said, yeah, let's, let's do this, man. So um, all the way across Ethiopia is how far? So <laughs> what we did was, uh, over the course of, uh, turned out to be 11 days. We ran about 250 miles. Wow. Um, so we ran, we started in the capital of, um, 
uh, Ethiopia, uh, Addis Ababa, and we ran south through the Great Rift Valley uh, to a region, a uh, town called Yergachefe, which is a coffee-producing region. Yeah. And it's in that area and um, a little bit farther away that um, we, uh, we built the schools. So mm-hmm. we ran in a, a straight line for 11 days. Uh, it was a group of uh, 10 American runners, and we had six Ethiopian runners that joined us. And, um, yeah, it was awesome. How many miles a day were you guys cranking out? Um, the roughly we did do the math, Joel. Eleven two fifty. No. <laughs> it started higher mileage, and then it worked its way down because we we got into some higher elevations, mm-hmm. and so we kind of knew that. Um, but at the same time, when we got there, we didn't have a solid plan in place, like. Uh, you didn't have your rest stops planned every day or, or I mean like where you would start yeah, and finish every day? No, no, actually. No. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, I would have thought you guys would have had a plan. All right, day one, we go from this place to this place and then we, day two, day three. You know, kind of, yeah. kind of. We, we had, uh, we knew where we were going to stay that night. Okay. Um, so, so we did know that. And, um, so I think the first couple of days we, we ran like 20 miles the first day, 25 miles. And then we did 30, 30, 30, 30, 30. So we did Four thirty milers in a row, and then and then we kind of ramped down from there. Wow! So I think the last day was like a five k, something like that. Nice. So wow, that was a that was a big week. That was yeah, like one hundred and eighty miles for the week, which wow. is a ton for me. Probably that's a lot for that's a lot for, for anybody. That's a lot, that's a lot for people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For Anton Krupichka, <laughs> right? Yeah. I was Maybe a Scott, normal trainer. Yeah. You're Scott Jerk. Yeah. That's a lot for you. Yeah. Were, you, were most of those miles, was that, was that, of, were you walking some, running some, stopping for lunch in the middle, or were you just run straight through? Yeah, so we would start uh, right about sunup, and uh, we couldn't start any earlier uh, because there's hyenas out. So. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> wow. Like, don't start right when it's dark. It's not like, like okay, wow. <laughs> gotcha, you say no so. problem. <laughs> So we had this, uh, this bus that, uh, carted us around. And so what we would do is, um, we'd drive back to the location that, you know, um, from, from our hotel back to where we stopped from the night before. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and then we just start running and we'd stop every half hour and meet the bus, uh, for water. So that was like our moving aid station. And then we'd stop on the hour, uh, to eat. And, um, yeah, it was, you know, we were in no hurry. Sure. And so we'd run for four to six, seven hours, uh, a day. And we tried, you know, to stay together and, uh, as best we could, but it, it, you know, we would get strung out after a while. Sure. Sure. Well, that kind of breaks it up when every half hour, you know, you got a water break and an hour you're going to stop and have something to eat. It, it kind of breaks it up into just hour long runs, right? You know, four five, six miles an hour or whatever it was. And then, you know, chunk, 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 put a handful of those together. And there you go. You got 30 miles in for the day. Right. Right. And I think it makes a big difference when you're not racing it, just going out running it. If you need to walk a little bit or whatever. And when you're staying together, it, it definitely helps too. Mm-hmm. That the first year I ran the solstice run with you guys, there was five of us, I think it was. And that night, just the, it, the time melted away. We were just shooting the breeze about this, about that, the other thing, and just kind of jogging at the slowest guy's pace. Right. And, uh, it's, it's amazing how fast the time can go by when you're not racing and you're just hanging out with your mm-hmm. buddies, but your legs are moving. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The first two hours 
would always go by really fast, like in the blink <laughs> yeah. of an eye. But <laughs> the time honestly, the next <laughs> <laughs> few hours did seem to slow down a little bit. Was it, was it warm there during the time you were there? You know, it probably got into the 70s or 80s. Um, uh, Ethiopia is at elevation, mm-hmm. and um, um, the capital is at about 7,500 feet. So it's it's up there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as we ran down into the Rift Valley, it started to warm up. But then slowly we would climb back up into the highlands. Um, but uh, that said, it uh, it probably got into the 80s as, as the high. So it wasn't like it's not that bad. oppressively yeah. hot. Right. Cool. I mean, when you wow. think about running in Africa, you think hot, heat. But right. 70s, 80s, that's, that's doable. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was great running weather. So that was, oh, that was 11, 2011 run across Ethiopia? 2011, right. Yep. And then have you done, have you participated in the other run across, the other run acrosses that uh, On the Ground has uh, sponsored? No, no. We did uh, a couple of years ago a uh, run across Palestine. Mm-hmm. and so That I was st- after Ethiopia, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So I stayed behind for that. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was a similar type thing though, right? Where they ran, you know, raised money for the cause and ran every day and they ran how many miles or so mm-hmm. did they run for that? Event. Um, it was maybe about 20 miles a day, okay. uh, for five or six days, Got it. um, smaller chunk of land. Yeah, so sure. there was a, a physical limit, yeah. to, um, but it was, I think m- it was a lot more difficult. Uh, it's a lot hillier there. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the challenges that they ran into just getting from point A to point B. Um, so there was a little bit of um, you know, harassment and just things that they had to concern themselves with apart from just putting one leg in front of the other. Wow. That adds to the complexity. Definitely. So, uh, so on the ground, um, is, is kind of an offshoot of higher grounds because you said Chris Treater, who is the, the founder of higher grounds, coffee roasting, was he the one, was he the guy who really was behind the starting of On the Ground, or was it a combination of you and Timothy Young and Chris, or how did, how did it all start again? Yeah, it was, uh, uh, Chris is the, uh, started it, and, and it Chris started, Treater. Chris Treeter. Yeah. Um, it started as the Chiapas Water Project, and it was a, a group of individuals uh, in Leelanau County who wanted to fund water projects in um, Chiapas, Mexico, mm-hmm. and um and Chris, through Higher Grounds, um, imports uh, fair trade coffee beans. So he's really um, uh, behind that cause. And and so the way that fair trade works is that a portion of um, a portion of the product there's a fair trade premium um, that is paid, and that premium goes to the farmers co-op that they can then use to. Uh, build hospitals or wells or schools they the uh, the the co-op decides where to invest that money and that's a premium that the buyer the coffee buyer pays so like higher grounds pays that premium exactly okay um and so uh whereas that does a lot of good um chris wanted to go beyond that go beyond fair trade and so I think it started with the Chiapas Water Project, and um, he um, he also imports beans from Ethiopia, which is the birthplace of coffee. Mm-hmm. And so, um, uh, yeah, I think he and Timothy were having a beer one night, and and uh, and Chris sprung this idea, 
And, uh, you know, Timothy was on board right away. And then Hans was on board uh-huh. right away. And before you knew it, it went from crazy idea into uh, this event run across the Ethiopia. Right. That, was, that was like the first um, uh, big event that On the Ground did. And then so uh, Chiapas Water Project kind of morphed into On the Ground. And we've continued our work in Chiapas and, and have since broadened it to, to a few other countries. Got Great. It. Well, I think is really neat about it is that it's what's now formed is still keeping the other pieces alive. I mean, sometimes people go from cause to cause to cause, and it seems like there's sort of a general consensus that you'll keep funding that project mm-hmm. in Chiapas and, and mm-hmm. so on. So that's yeah, really cool. Yeah, that's important to us. That's very cool. I mean, to think about an area this size, you know, Traverse City, Leelanau County in particular, to see that kind of, you know, effort come out of it and a little tiny run like, 25 people getting together to run through the middle of the night, which is somewhat crazy in itself. And then mm-hmm. that raises money to help people in Ethiopia too. So pretty cool. Yeah. Pretty cool. Is so. there a, not that helping all these far away places is, is a bad idea. I think it's awesome, but is there any, uh, any plans down the road to, to do this kind of fundraising effort for anything more local regionally or nationally here in the U S yeah, we've talked about that and we've decided that, uh, our organization is going to focus on um, uh, international projects. Gotcha. Um, so you can really leverage dollars in a way uh, when you when you do projects in developing countries that you just can't get that same bang sure, for your buck. Sure. Um, and uh, so, in order to stay focused, um, we've just decided to to stay. Um, focused on, on international projects and, and then find, uh, personal outlets to, to give back to the, you know, local community. Sure. That's true. You know, a thousand dollars in Ethiopia, I imagine is, is worth a lot more than a thousand dollars here in the United States yeah. or, you know, some of these other countries. So you can do a lot more with it, like you said, right. Uh, abroad. Right. And you know, it's, uh, when I traveled to Ethiopia, that was the first time I'd been to a developing country mm-hmm. and it is it smacks you in the face the the um what um what it's like to live there in the in the particularly as we got out of the capital down the further the further we went from uh, Addis um down into the coffee growing regions the the poorer it got and there is just simply no comparison to um to their level of poverty, to what, um, you know, we have to contend with here. For example, um, we had to, when, when we got, uh, to the last uh, stages of our run, we, uh, went through, I don't know how many bottles of water. Yeah. So we just bought bottles of water by the, by the case. And, um, at first, um, we, we would, throw the throw the bottles of water alongside the road or give them to kids which is which was hard enough to to wrap our heads around because obviously right. we just don't do that here but there that's a re- that's a valuable water um toting container sure but as we got further south we we couldn't we found we couldn't do that because we'd give a little bit of water to maybe a, a young boy well here comes two bigger boys uh. and they're going to take that even empty bottle of water. So that's, that's the level of, um, 
uh, you know, just of, of what they kind of have to deal with on a day. They would basis. take it from him because they would not because they wanted the water, but just because they were bullying him to take that yeah. resource. Yeah, exactly. Got it. Wow. Exactly. Hmm. Wow. Yeah, it's a, it. I anytime you go abroad, I found it really opens your eyes as to what we've got here uh, in the United States, and I think it's uh, it's in, whether you go to Europe, whether you go to you know somewhere in, in yeah. modern Europe, or if you're you know in a, a developing nation, you really just see you know how how good we've got it here. In, uh, in this country. Yeah, it gives you a great perspective. Yeah. So is there any other plans for runs with On the Ground, aside from the overnight solstice? Is there another plan to run across something soon? Well, if we decide to, to go to the Congo, there'll be a oh, that's run right. across you the Congo. The run across the Congo, mm-hmm. and that would be in 2015 probably. Right, right. Wow. So Very cool. We'll see. We look forward to hearing about that yeah. down the road. Yeah. And so as your training continues along, and you've got three races planned, big ones this year, um, have you ever had the uh, desire to go out west? I know we, 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 got, to, oh, yeah. we got to watch yeah, yeah. the uh-huh. – uh, we, we've discussed western states and Leadville in the past. Um, yeah. Do you, do you have a desire to do that, or is that just one of those things that – you know, yeah, but I'm never going to do it. I mean, what what do you think about that truly? Yeah, and no, I, I have to find a way to make that happen somehow. I'd love to do Western States, um, uh, but that's just luck of the draw getting into the sure, lottery. Yeah, so yeah. if not that, then some other big, iconic 100-miler out West would be awesome. But, you know, as Midwesterners, right. there's, a, there's a, you know an inherent challenge uh, with, uh, elevation and, and climbing, but, but you know, whatever. Um, so that would be awesome. Um, what else? I would love to do uh, marathon de Saab, which is a stage race in Morocco. Um, and, uh, there's, yeah, I'd which like is to, much more than a marathon people. It's, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. How many, many miles days. is the marathon de Saab? Maybe five. I think it's a five-day stage race. Yeah, and I think the, the they have like a long dune day where you it's a fifty or sixty miles. Yeah, and so it's, it's one this, of those things where it's like a you know you get the cumulative effect. Yeah, you sleep in tents uh, at night. Just and, so people know, this is not a twenty-six point two quote yeah. marathon. This is a yeah. ultra over like four or five, six days or whatever it is. Right, right. I so, thought it was a marathon initially until I started talking with you and learning about it. And I was like, holy crap, <laughs> this is an event. It's intense. So yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, yeah, it's, um, um, what else? Uh, uh, I'd really like to try it. I, I would never want to try like bad water. No, yeah. no. too hot, too hot. There's, Silly. there's like the Yukon death race, too cold. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. No, no <laughs> desire to do like one of those Spartan death races. Yeah. You know? no. Like, no. Anything with death in the title. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't no seem like a not necessarily feeling. Right. Well, there's only 12 finishers. That's, that's a sign that, you know, right. You know, there's extreme, right, right. The idea is to go out and run and enjoy the aspect of running, you know, whatever that pace might be, but right. do it. Yeah. Could be fun. Could be fun. How about you? Are you going to go out and do uh I want to I go out west and do one too. But again, it's one of those things you have to say, okay, I'm going to do this race and when am I going to be able to do it? Right. Plan it ahead of time. Figure out, you know, and it's not just like the days, like the year. Like what year am I going to go out to Leadville, for right. example? You know, I'd, I'd like to go out and, you know, give one of those a try. I mean, mm-hmm. Western states, obviously, but I don't, again, you're such a, you know, whether or not you get in is such a luck of the draw, as right. you said. So, 
but I think that it would be fun. It really would be fun to go try one of those. The question then is, do you do Leadville as your first 100-miler or Western States as your first 100-miler? Right. You probably should do one of those locally here in the Midwest. I'd say. At least get the 100-miler under your belt. Somebody else also recommended going out west and doing a marathon at elevation. Sure. Do a marathon at elevation, do a 100-miler, then you have somewhat of the experience, but you'll right. never be able to – you can't – again, this is the idea of training for something, right? You don't. You can't train for a 100-miler by doing 100-mile training runs. Right. <laughs> you, know? you, can't, right. You, you can't ever really experience it. You just have to rely on a certain amount of training and just do it. So mm-hmm. I think it'd be fun. I know it's <sighs> – you know, we did the 50 miler and that was a lot of fun. And it is though you, when you decide you want to do that, it's, it's a commitment. Yeah, but it, and it was really cool. And we did, uh, just so the people out there listening know, uh, Norm, Eric and myself and, and a right. handful of other folks yep. did the ice age trail 50 miler together last May. Yep. And not only was it cool to go on the road trip together and hang out, yeah. but like the training together too. We never mm. really ran together, but just knowing that it's Saturday or Sunday. I know Norm's out there running right now. I got to get out yeah. and do the do the running. We've talked about there yeah. multiple times yep. on the show on the podcast about how great it is to have an event that you're training for together with people. Yep. Um, it holds you accountable. It, it's more fun. Mm-hmm. And then ultimately you've got that weekend or week or whatever together out at the race. So, well, yeah, that the adventure of the race itself, or you know, there and back and all yeah. that. I mean, and mm-hmm. of course, Norm's adventures kind of dwarf ours, having been to <laughs> right. Ethiopia. And, um, it's all good, though. 100 miles. It is. It's all good, and it's all what you make of it, and have fun. So, looking forward to seeing what's coming up. Yeah, I'd like to eventually do one of those run across some things. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I can't even imagine doing you know two or three or four or five 20 milers back to back to back to back or 30 milers at this point, but someday uh, that'd be a pretty awesome thing to do. We're going to do run across mm-hmm. West Grand Traverse Bay. You could do it right now. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody was talking about the other day running across West Bay over the peninsula and then across East Bay. Oh, yeah. yeah. Because the bay's uh, the bay the last time the bay froze was in oh nine or something like that. That'd be really interesting. Um, Eric and I were just out there on on Wednesday, I think it was, doing a little jog across West Bay. Really, but, it was uh, not warm. No, not at all. Warm. It was a little brisk. It was. Yeah. Yes. So yeah, I was looking at a, a map of Michigan the other night. Just you know, your kind of mind wanders. Mm-hmm. You know, how can I come up with my own self-made adventure? And yeah. uh, there's the what the shore to shore trail. Yeah. So you could you could do we could do our own run across Michigan, go from Empire to wherever it it terminates. Yeah. Um, well, have you heard of the Great Lakes Relay? I have, and I've never like investigated it. A it. Of times. Really? Yeah, that's an awesome event. Uh, I've done it. Yeah, maybe three or four times now with various groups of friends. It's a ten person team, uh-huh. and you start a three day event: Friday, Saturday, Sunday. You start. The start is usually different. This year we start up in in Mackinac or in St. Ignis or something like that. Somewhere in the UP we start this year. Usually it starts huh. over in Roger City, Oscoda, that side of the state. And then you run three days across and finish right in your neck of the woods in Empire. Uh-huh. Um, with the last leg running from Ash Road up the beach and finishing at the Empire Beach. Oh, right. Um, but it's a great event. You know, you run, every person I think has to run 24, 25 miles over the, the three-day period. Mm-hmm. So it's not like you're cranking out a ton of miles or anything, but... Um, that's, it's a really fun social event. A group of my friends from college get together and we do that as a fun weekend event. But, um, it's, uh, yeah, that's a cool event, but to do the self-supported 
uh, or the self. Uh, I really like that idea. Create your own adventure where yeah. it's not an official thing. You like right. kind of like the Solstice Run started off as. You get a bunch of guys together and you say, "Let's run from Alpena to Traverse City over three days or whatever." Yeah. And you get somebody to bring the van along and. There's a lot of that stuff that that you can do. Yeah. Yeah, that is pretty cool. But I have an event for for you guys. I have an idea for an event. Spill it. So, uh, you, are you familiar with the Barclays Marathon? That's that crazy marathon in Tennessee where maybe 10 people have finished. Really? I don't, I don't think I have heard of this. Well, th- it, it's not the Barclays Marathon. Okay. But, but um, the fellow who puts it on does a couple of other races. And he does one called, I think he calls it Biggs Backyard Barbecue. And I, I, I think Biggs is the name of his dog. All right. Gotcha. So the idea is, is he has a four mile uh, loop out behind his house and everyone starts, uh, and does this four mile loop. And, um, you have to start every hour on the hour. So for instance, if you get done with that loop in 40 minutes, you have to hang out for 20 minutes and then next hour goes and everyone goes and everyone goes. And um, the idea is that uh, if you did uh, 24 hours consecutively of that, you would have run a hundred miler. Ah. And what at first, what is really ridiculously easy becomes progressively harder. Sure. And then as people, and this is the element that I really like, as people drop out, they sit around a bonfire, uh, eating, drinking, uh, cheering, you know, jeering yeah. the other finishers <laughs> and, um, it's, uh, or the other, uh, people that are left in the race. And, uh, there could be a year where say no one wins because the last two people maybe start the loop and maybe neither of them finish. So there's only wow. one winner and it's the last person to complete that, that four mile loop, uh, in under an hour. So doesn't that so sound you have like to an, do it in under an hour? If you yeah. don't, then you're out essentially. You're, right, exactly. So that's wow. all you have to do. You just have to run four miles an hour. So if you're walking, you know, a brisk walk, you can walk in 15 minutes for a mile. Yeah. You know, so you if know the trail's not too bad. Right, yeah. If you're not physically exhausted, oh, I know there's not sleeping and, and having <laughs> done it for 20 hours already. Uh-huh. I mean, yeah, plenty. Of, it sounds easy, but that's intriguing. And but this is the Barclays. This or, is the Bigs backyard. Oh, that's the Bigs backyard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right. So That's a really cool idea. It just sounds idea. like a fun, yeah. you know, a fun time to be had by all. I know? like that. What do you think, Eric? Do you think we should Throw maybe do that as our... Hours. Throw some brats on and... and you that know, means we have some to, if we're not doing the event, it means we have to stay awake the whole time too. Though, wow, that's I think that, that, that would be an event if, if Endurance Evolution sponsored an event like that. That would be an event where I would want to make sure I could participate. Right, exactly. <laughs> right. The, the, the unfortunate thing about all of our events is we can't participate in right, them because right. we're all running around with walkie talkies. But yeah. you come up with these great events yeah. and then you can't participate right that's the catch-22 i think this this event though yeah i would make sure i could do because that's a cool idea it's 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 difficult but it's i don't want to say it's not difficult but it's it's difficult in that reachable way it's not like saying let's go run 100 miles today boom Mm -hmm. but it's that that accumulated fatigue interesting i like it i like it i've also Mm -hmm. thought about there's these races out there called 24 hours of triathlon Oh, really? Where uh, various iterations of them, but you have to, they have a course that's a a swim loop 
uh, and a bike loop and a run loop. And I, you, you basically, you have, you, you get as many of each of those legs in over 24 hours as you can. They don't let you swim at night. I was going to say, thing after <laughs> like, this seems like a great idea. 23 hours in, you know? Yeah. And so you have to, it's, and it's multiples of like a certain distance. Sure. So if, if you don't swim enough, whatever your, your lowest common denominator is, however many complete oh. legs you do. So during the day people are swimming like crazy. And then at night you bike and run a lot more. Um, Got it. So kind of that same idea of that long term. And obviously you're taking breaks and resting and eating and all that stuff. Right. But I, that's, I like those, those long term. Well, speaking of, uh, ultra distance events and triathlons, have you thought of Ultraman, Joel? Ultraman. For those of you that don't know what Ultraman is, Norm, can you give us a quick, uh, Oh, I don't know if I can, if I can break it down, but it's a three day event, right? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. You're going to know the distances well, better than I can. I, uh, I think it's a five mile swim and then, um, you bike some ridiculously yeah, long distance. Um, and then I know that you do a double marathon the last day. Yeah. So it's, I, I learned about this from, from Rich Roll, who is one of our, we're a big fan of the Rich Roll podcast and all the stuff that he does. And, uh, yeah, I think it's on day, it's a three day thing. And on day one, it's 6.2 miles, I think. Six swimming. miles of swimming. That's the first thing you do on day <laughs> so one. So you can count me out right there. <laughs> <laughs> and then you get on your bike, and I think it's 70 or 80 miles on the bike. It's nothing. Yeah, you know, yeah. that's day one. Then you're done. That's all you got to do for <laughs> day one. Do right. Day two, then, is like a 90-mile bike ride, and that's it. And then day three is a 52-mile double marathon run. Wow. Yeah. Have I thought about it? I've definitely thought about it. <laughs> <laughs> Have I thought how crazy it is? That's, that's right. what my thoughts that's are. That's right. We've thought about just about everything. Yeah. You know? And then it's like, it's like can, well, if I ask you this question, but you can ask any question, whether or not I'm going to answer. Uh, no, I think, yeah, that I, I have, since reading Rich's book and a few other uh, ultra-related books, I have become more intrigued in those kind of ultra-distance type things. Um, I'd like to do it more as a self-supported kind of thing, like maybe not going and doing the official Ultraman or one of their events, which is mm-hmm. still a pretty low-key thing, I think. It's not like yeah, Iron Man would have a circuit or a series. I guess there's not going to be, there's going to be like thousands of people right. doing these things together. <laughs> but yeah, that, that kind of stuff, I'm kind of getting more and more interested into, even if it's just a personal challenge, like a personal self-set thing. Where, right. You know, like you talked about this, you know, this hack race across Michigan where you just... It's not an official or anything. There's no race entry fees. You just do it. Right. That kind of stuff has become more and more interesting to me. So we'll see. We'll we see. We'll see. Not getting any faster. I think we, t- we say that in every podcast. We're not getting any faster as we get older, but we can still run pretty long. So, uh, yeah, we'll see what happens there. Well, what else? What else can you tell us, Norm, about on the ground, about, uh, about your running experiences, uh, what else should we know? What else should we look out for when we see your name in lights? <laughs> <laughs> um, man, I think we've covered a lot. Um, I'm looking forward to this uh, this season coming up. I think uh, I go in I go in waves for sure. So um, I'll have big years and then down yeah. years, and and so hopefully this will be a a big year of, of like training it. and racing. Yeah. So. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking forward to the, to the, for the snow to thaw a little bit and really get out and enjoying, you know, my backyard, Leelanau County. It's yeah. just the best place in the world the as far as I'm concerned awesome. to, to run. It's beautiful out there. So, Absolutely. Yeah. Cool. We look forward to having you at the trail running, Traverse City Trail Running Festival yeah. on the 50K on April 11th or yeah. 12th, I guess is it well, Saturday. Maybe we'll, uh, maybe we'll follow up with Norm this fall and, uh. 
yeah. get a little update, you know, how, how did go. the whole summer go? So I like it. Appreciate you coming in today. No? Oh, my All pleasure. Right. Yeah, it was fun. Great. Thanks guys. Cool. We'll see you out on the road. All right. All right. Thanks. Thanks.